0: Welcome another edition of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest
1: Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L. Kevin Jack. Hey, I'm here and, uh, just a word of warning for everyone. Uh, this episode may be very, uh, adult heavy. <laughs> <Adulting>. <laughs> a lot of shocking things happening in Shocktober this, this year. It's not approved by the comics code. No, not at all. So Jack, why don't you tell the kids what we're reading today? Uh, we're going to be reading Twisted Tales, issue number four. From 1983, I do believe. How did you find Twisted Tales? I had never heard of this book. Me neither. Uh, I believe I was looking up, maybe even like last year, I've been looking up like uh just horror comics from the Bronze Age. And I saw this listed on there. So I was like, all right, keep making mental note of that. And, and the uh, reason why you're looking for horror chance. comics is because it's Shocktober. That's right. Shocktober. I'll take some horror books. We didn't necessarily start it off last week, but. Now, Shocktober's yeah. in full force. I'm not so good with dates. <laughs> and, uh, all the days blend together, so. Yeah. yeah, I have no, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, a Shocktober officially begins this week with Twisted Tales, issue four. Bruce Jones is the main guy behind this yeah. book. And He's we just encountered very... Bruce Jones. He wrote that Kazar issue we did, right? Yeah. He's on so every good. other
1: week's schedule right now.
0: And uh, But before we get into this book, Jank. Let's remind everybody, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We're down to 107 subscribers.
1: <laughs> oh, no. We lost <laughs> one. We lost one. Uh, son of a bitch. Uh, sometimes yeah.
0: when you're a soldier in the flea army, you go out and you don't come back. You know? <laughs> it's dangerous out there when you're fighting a war right. to take over flea market fantasy.
1: You'll so, not be uh, hit with bullets, but you will be hit with shame from your, and you know disgust yeah. by everyone in your family and friend group. We lost somebody to the shame.
0: But, uh, <laughs> let's remember the fallen. Let's honor them. Yep. Bye. It's Appreciate you stopping adults. by. Yeah. You're going on a mission for us. And congratulations <laughs> on coming to your senses. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> See how long it takes us to lose the hundred What's <laughs> uh All right. It's so, twisted, twisted tales. This is a horror anthology. There are three horror stories in the book. The company behind this is Pacific Comics.
1: Ah, that's what the PC least. is for. That's what the PC is for. politically
0: correct. <laughs> no, Pacific <laughs> Comics. Kind of an interesting story about the old Pacific Comics. They were a comic publisher and distributor that operated from 1971 to 1984, and it started by brothers Steve and Bill Shanes. And they were just 17 and 13 years old, respectively, when they started this business. <laughs> so oh, I don't my know what God. the hell <laughs> All These little kids are doing way more than I've done in my entire life. Yeah. They started Pacific as a mail order company by placing ads in the comics buyer's guide. Then they started running ads in some Marvel comics, which, which eventually led to them opening a comic shop in 1974 in Pacific Beach, California. They had trouble getting merchandise for the stores, so they set up a distribution system that contributed to the rise of direct market distribution. Because in the old days, comic books would be distributed to newsstands, but like uh, if, if newsstands didn't sell the books, they sold them. They sent them back, right? Wasn't that how they yeah, ripped they off the covers? The covers off? Yeah, and, yeah. So uh, direct distribution would go right to comic shops, and it kind of changed the way comic books were uh, sold. And so Pacific Comics, they were in the part of the movement to uh, make that a popular means of distribution. And in 1981, Pacific started publishing creator-owned titles that were not subject to the
1: comics code. Yeah. As you mentioned. (laughs) That's right. You're now one of the big two. You don't got to follow those rules. Hell no. They're rebels.
0: (laughs) Yep. And they teamed up with Jack Kirby to publish Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers. And I, I guess the way this partnership started was because they uh they were distributing books and whatnot. Kirby would he worked for other companies and those companies would never give him copies of the books he drew or something. So these kids were like, "Hey, Jack Kirby, we'll give you free copies of the books that you actually created, you know, unlike this company you work yeah. for." So they started up a relationship. Them just sending him free books that he did and stuff. And he said, "They said, hey, Jack Kirby, the cost would it you- like two dollars." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's like, hey, Jack Kirby, would you like to uh, do a book with us or something? And he's like, sure, kids. (laughs) So he did a book with them. And uh, it was Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers. They hoped to sell 25,000 copies. It ended up selling 110,000. It's quite the successful venture. Wow! And then Kirby stuck with them, and he also did the series Silver Star. But uh, Pacific, they they worked with notable creators. Some other titles that they did included Mike Grell's Star Slayer. And we know Mike Grell from Green Arrow Longbow Hunter, right?
1: Yeah. Big mm-hmm. fan of his work on that, for sure.
0: And uh, Sergio Aragonia is uh, grew Wow, look at that. Neil Adams is Ms. Mystic. And Bruce Jones is Somerset Holmes. Steve Ditko also did a story uh, titled Missing Man. I think it was for one of their, like, anthologies or something. Um, so, okay. Uh, yeah, they worked with Kirby and Ditko, and yeah. pretty impressive.
1: Now by, uh, not, uh, 19- not really at the height of their powers, but you know, it's still good to get them yeah. in. <laughs> it's like getting civil Danning in like 2008. <laughs> you know, you. it's not going to be her I'll best. A shot at Sybil Danning. <laughs> by 1984, the publishing
0: side was still making money, but the distribution arm was $740,000 in debt due to extending too much credit to comic shops that never paid up. Ooh. So, yeah. They said the way they managed their cash wasn't the best, you know, so, uh, they folded <laughs> yeah. up.
1: A bunch of Southern I'm, California guys probably just smoking pot and like going surfing all day, not yeah. doing a lot of accounts receivable work.
0: No, not not doing the old uh, debt collecting either. Uh, Twisted Tales was a bi-monthly horror anthology. It was edited by Bruce Jones and April Campbell. It lasted ten issues in its initial run from eighty two to eighty four. Then an eleventh issue was published in nineteen eighty seven through Eclipse. Bruce Jones wrote all the stories in the entire series uh, except for three. Oh, so, man. That's yeah, I think it was like good one, in his, one in like <laughs> issue eight eight or nine. I don't know. But yeah, he he basically wrote everything. But yeah, some of the artists tired. that worked on Twisted Tales include John Bolton, who we will uh, see in this issue, Brett Blevins, Bernie Wrightson, Mike Plug,
1: Jackson Guice, and Val Myrick.
0: So they had oh. some
1: the name the talent. Name. And uh, we mentioned – Had art that. by Bruce Jones in certain issues that. apparently.
0: That's right. Bruce <laughs> Jones uh, drew the third story in this issue we're doing today, yeah. and the other artists are uh, John Bolton and Don Lomax. I don't really know much about Don Lomax. Of course, John Bolton we know from uh, X Men Classic. He, oh, that's he, right. He always did the backup stories, and, uh, and they're always pretty great. He didn't do a lot of superhero stuff. He he did mostly horror and fantasy and all kinds of things like that. But uh, so not a yeah, lot. Yeah, style
1: seems kind of suited for that. I can definitely see that. Yeah.
0: But uh, he's a hell of an artist. And John Bolton also did the cover for this issue. There we go. That's Twisted Tales. Anything else we need to know, Jack, about this before we start?
1: Uh, no. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, it, it's a classic formula. These were the kind of the comics that I think made the comics code really come about. Like, it wasn't yeah. so much like the, even the early Spider-Man was where people had problems like, oh, kids shouldn't be reading this. It was this kind of horror comic, I think, that really, <laughs> really brought that about. <laughs>
0: You need that damn comic code. All right. So let's look at the cover. Uh, I don't know. The, the art by John Bolton is great, but how do you feel about the, uh, cause they divide the cover up into like, uh, halves here. They, the top half is yeah. bright yellow <laughs> with twisted tails. And then, uh, describe the, uh, picture at the bottom there by John Bolton.
1: <laughs> it's a pretty great picture. It's very pulpy and kind of like an old pulp novel. Yes. Um, yeah. it's, uh, there's a woman in a cave, an underground cave. And, uh, she's kind of, you know, huddled up against the wall, like in terror at what she's seeing in front of her. And in front of her, there is a man's, uh, like head and kind of upper torso floating in the water, uh, with half of his face kind of chewed off. And you can see
0: in the background there, like, uh, like you mentioned, underground and there's a little tunnel and there's light coming out of an entrance and you can see the shadow of some sort of creature. Yeah. uh, And this is like a fully painted cover. So yeah, it's pretty impressive. Old John Bolton.
1: I like it a lot, but how do you
0: feel about the uh, split cover? The top bright yellow with the Twisted the Tails logo, number four, and then the art in the bottom half.
1: Uh, I kind of like it. it. It's definitely a throwback, like I said, to those kind of '60s comics. So I think they kept that in there for you know on purpose. This was not an accident. And I kind of I don't mind when they do things like this. Like when they did, uh, you know, Marvel did their Civil War. All the issues were kind of like that, where there was just like the picture either at the top or the bottom, and then there was like. You know, a big white section of the cover, and it would say Civil War real big. And, like, it made it look kind of classy. Like, I kind of (laughs) like it. It made it look classy. (laughs) Yeah. It was like this separates it from a normal book, so it's kind of cool. Even the Ultimate Universe, there was a whole thing for, like, the first couple years at least. Like, it was like there were bars, essentially, like colored bars on either side, like uh vertical bars. Um going on the right side and the left side. And then the picture was like in the middle. And it was usually like a big, big kind of just emblematic picture, like a, a profile shot out of one of the characters or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like when they do things like that to, uh, to mix things up. Yeah. They, they kept the same format for the covers. It looks, but like, uh,
0: the color of the top section changes. Yeah. So like first three, it was red. So there you go. All right. So let's look at the book here. We open it up and our four, our first story is called the well. And it's October 10th, 1954. And we see a young couple. Uh, I guess they're moving into a new house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this fella, he wants to make the sweet, sweet love. <laughs> he is super horny. He doesn't even
1: care. If there's no window shades. He's just like, there's no yeah. neighbors. Don't worry about yeah.
0: it. <laughs> yeah. So his lady there, and this is the lady on the cover, but they hear someone crying outside, right?
1: Yeah, they hear, like, in a room, like, it sounds like a wolf or something, so I would not even go out there. I'd be like, no, nope, yeah. we going outside to look for that.
0: Yeah, the premise of this uh is a little questionable. So, that, yeah. But they go out in the backyard with a flashlight, and there's a well in the backyard, and the fella says, oh, I think uh, there's an animal or something that fell down that well. So mm-hmm. we should probably go help him climbs down the well
1: so, he goes, so he's like we got to put it out of its misery so he's gonna go down this dangerous looking well in the middle of the night which <laughs> seems like a bad idea <laughs> yeah so he, he gets on the rope
0: there with uh the, and he s- scales his way down there into the well and the lady's up there at the top and she's like uh mark uh mark are you down there and he's not responding he's like, we should
1: think about this sure <laughs> yeah. he's already down there
0: <laughs> so she goes down the well now we have uh, two people down in a well, and she's looking around there with her little flashlight down in the uh, murky, it's like an underground cavern. And yeah. it, then we get the cover, the scene from the cover. She discovers his
1: head in the water, and it's all chewed up, and he's dead. And yep. she screams. I thought she was going to find baby Jessica, but no, it was this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby
0: Jessica. So she, she uh, screams, and she's trying to run through the tunnels, uh, back to the rope but uh, she's having trouble climbing up the rope, you know, can't get a grip. That's very uh, slippery,
1: Which apparently she didn't notice on the way down. Like, somehow that was an (laughs) easy climb, but now it's super slippery.
0: (laughs) And what happens to her,
1: Jake? Um, She apparently becomes stricken with a disease where she feels the need to say everything that's happening to her out loud. (laughs) Uh, It's very annoying. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, why not just make these thought bubbles? You know? Yeah. Or narration boxes. There could be like a third party narrator telling us what's happening, but yeah. Well, she kind of slips down the rope and, uh, lo and behold, there's a giant monster guy, uh, lurking below her who is ripping her shirt right off of her. (laughs) Yeah. This, this monster knows
0: what's up. He goes right for her clothes. That's what he he wastes no time. Just (laughs) ripping off her clothes and used
1: to work at Miramax. So he learned a lot of things.
0: So now we get a shot of her. She's uh, she's on the ground, and she's kind of waking up. She says, blacked out. I must have blacked out. How long? Ooh, head spinning. C- creature, a nightmare. Mark, is is Mark dead? And there's a <laughs> he bear- half
1: of his face ripped off, and he was <laughs> floating in the water.
0: But I think she's trying to say it if that was dead. just a nightmare or if it actually happened. You know, she's trying to put it together. Yeah. But, yeah, her clothes are ripped off. Her skirt is shredded, and there is nothing downstairs. Uh, nope. Carl, she's not wearing anything down there. And there's a pretty strategic shadow that looks more than a shadow if you really look at it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could be a lot of things. So. Triangle. <laughs> and then she gets
0: <laughs> up and again, her shirt's all ripped open. Uh, you can see her bra though. She, uh, is not completely nude. And, uh, she sees, uh, oh, there's another naked lady hanging upside down though.
1: Yeah. And that's her- all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, all her guts are ripped out. So uh her boobs are kinda like uh in shadow and uh intestines hanging over them to uh keep <laughs> yeah. her somewhat uh, covered up. Then we get a close up of the monster. This how, is quite the creature. How would you describe this guy?
1: Oh boy. Um <laughs> like an ant, maybe like hmm. an ant face. Yeah, kind of an ant face. Yeah, I guess that's how I would describe it. It kinda looks like the uh the creature that Jeff Goldblum turns into in the in the fly towards the ant end for sure but the weird thing is like he's got mandibles on his face but then he also has this weird kind of like mole-like nose and then coming from that he has like a like a hairy penis like <laughs> it kind of looks also like a scrotum and a wiener all at the same time <laughs> wow
0: you know what i was assuming that was his tongue but yeah when he now that you mention it <laughs> it doesn't it does look like yeah how about that quite the uh quite the organ there and there are other uh, devoured uh, naked ladies around this uh, cavern as well. But their yeah, bellies are out. Right. So she's all uh, freaking out. You know, She's like, oh, I got to get out of here. She starts running. And uh does she hit the monster? Yeah, she like slaps him. Yeah, punches right? him. Ran the head. She's pretty tough. And again, she narrates <laughs> thund- everything thund- out loud. My chance
1: to run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Path, uh-huh. uneven, like stepping on. Which way? A hundred corridors. Which way? That sound. That (laughs) mewling sound. (laughs) Yeah, she's
0: saying all this out loud. Yeah. And she turns the corner, and again, she sees more naked ladies with their bellies ripped out, and then there's a bunch of little monsters.
1: Yeah. And they're, like, chewing on the naked ladies and stuff. Yeah. Instead of, like, nursing, they're just flat out ripping their guts out. It's young for feeding, feeding
0: on the choke, the dead. Oh, God, let this be a nightmare. Let this just be some crazy dream. The monster starts chasing her again. He's going for more clothes on her. She she gets back up to that rope, and she's like, I got to climb this stinking rope. Yeah, but there's a fella up at the top of the well now, and he's like, hello down there. She's like, thank God, the rope. Pull the rope, please. So the fella pulls up the rope, and uh, yeah. he rescues this foxy lady who's half naked. And he's like, hey, what are you doing down there, missy? And uh, he's from the city gas company. Yeah. Uh, he seemed, like,
1: very calm. So I was like, yeah. oh, is he, like, in league with this monster? Is he just, like, is he part of this somehow? But no, apparently he's not. Yeah, this poor
0: guy, you know, he's trying to save her. <laughs> he's worked for the city gas company. He's like, there's a gas leak down in these wells. And she's like, because they, uh, she and Mark, uh, they thought they'd smelled some gas earlier when they were going to the well. And mm-hmm. so she's like, there's gas down there? And he's like, yeah. So she goes, all right, hold on. She takes out matches from her skirt. And that was also mentioned earlier that she had matches in oh, yeah. her she likes to match it, throws it down the well, and just blows up the well and everything. That poor gas guy, like, just gets caught up in all this.
1: Yeah. Like, the doctor mentions the gas guy didn't get it too bad. Like, you know, he yeah. just sprained his back, I think, and has a broken arm. But still, like. Yeah, broken yeah, arm. What the thing? hell? He's he trying her. to save this lady. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah.
0: She, she blew it up at least the well. like, hey, hey, back up a little bit yes. before I do that. Would that have been wrong? Like, just say, hey, buddy, thanks. Maybe go stand over there. So then, yeah, we cut to the hospital. She's in bed. She's got an eye patch on. And, uh, her arms are wrapped in bandages and she's, uh, you know, covered up to her neck there in a sheet. And, uh, the doctor's telling her, yeah, the, the gas guy, you know, made it out okay. But, uh, but he's like, Hey, hey, lady, by the way, congratulations. The baby's safe and healthy, you know? Yeah. You, you know, here's the baby.
1: And she's like, what are you talking about? You'd be giving birth in a month. And she's, she's like, like what? what? But Mark was sterile. <laughs> Mark. Dun, dun, dun,
0: I wonder Mark will say, yeah, he didn't care about putting a baby in her. He's ready to go. He's <laughs> sterile. So, yeah, so she realizes, oh, no, when I blacked out, that alien, that little monster had his way with me. Yeah. That's why all those other yeah. ladies are down there with their bellies ripped out, because they gave birth to those little monsters, and they ate out of her belly, you know? So she's like, oh, no, I got an alien that's going to chew out my belly.
1: And I think they said, like, the explosion, like, uh, left her unable to talk for now. Like, they're like, you'll get it back eventually, but, so I guess she can't yeah. even, like, try to tell the doctor that, oh, like I've probably got like monster babies in me. You got to do something about this. Well, oh, pad and pen, you know. Hey, can I yeah. get a pen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess she's yeah. got casts on her arms. I guess that might be part, uh-huh. but yeah, you could do it. You could scribble it out. So yeah, the last
0: panel, she's the close-up of her face, like realizing, oh no, I got a monster yeah. in my belly, and <laughs> that's how the story ends. Yeah, there you go. And yeah, uh, John Bolton's on the art on that one, and. uh I really like the art. You know, he made her look good and
1: classic uh, art. It's very, very well done. I would say a lot of dark yeah. shadows, a lot of uh, just very old school pulp. If you've never seen John Bolton's work, he's he's more like uh realistic, very true. Yeah, light, you know, maybe like a not quite Barry, Barry Windsor Smith esque, but more along those lines than, you know, other things, I would say. Yeah,
0: uh, he, even like Barry Windsor Smith, I think is more line based in a lot of lines and Bolton's more like uh, smooth and clean, a few few lines, just uh, nice shapes and forms on the figures. Uh, not overly dynamic stuff, but more like posed kind of shots. Uh, yeah, but, I could see why he wouldn't
1: want to do superhero work per se. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably not great at throwing punches, but.
0: That was a good little story. All right, so now we get Nick of Time. Oh, this is a beauty, this one. Yeah. As a mystery writer, you must have loved this one. (laughs) It is a mystery, all right. It is a mystery. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to that. Why don't you explain what's going
1: on in this one, Jack? Okay, so nick of time, we get this guy uh, who's got bad vision. He's got glasses on, but they're apparently not cutting it because they keep mentioning his bad vision problem.
0: That's very important to the story. (laughs) The only way this even remotely works is if this guy's damn near blind. And and also, he has no sense of touch,
1: apparently, either. (laughs) No, just none at all. We work (laughs) on that. Yeah, this uh, guy is oblivious. Uh, Maybe maybe it's fear, like just the anxiety (laughs) of the situation is making him not think straight, but yeah, he's pretty oblivious. Uh, And his uh, hearing's not that great either, I guess. (laughs) You think about it. (laughs) Not at all.
0: But this guy's a potted plant, basically, is what we're dealing with. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, so he gets home, um, and instead of turning on the lights, he just sees that somebody is there, uh, and they've got a knife to his wife's throat. His wife is lying in bed uh she's in her underpants, and uh somebody wearing a cap is uh got a knife to her throat, and he's got a really raspy voice um and he recognizes the cap he's like, "Oh, that's this guy Kenton, who is like a friend of mine like this isn't Because like, i I've been banging Kenton's wife, so <laughs> this guy did recognize
0: bad. the cap, but he can't recognize the body of the woman in the bed, <laughs> but anyway, nope. don't worry about that." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, they're really trying to think like, oh, he's blind and it's nighttime, but still, I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous. So, uh, hey, by, by the way, I mean, this lady uh, in her underpants and bra, super foxy, uh, very busty. Yeah. You think he would notice, you know, but um, <laughs>
1: apparently not. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, not the brightest. He's a doctor, too, so that's, that's a scary thought. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got a cool mustache, so I guess he's got that going. <laughs> So he, this Kenton guy, he's like, yeah, I found out that you were banging my wife. And I'm not too happy about it. I tried to kill myself by drinking poison, like acid, I think. Like, I was going to drink this acid. But it didn't kill me. It just kind of burned my vocal cords enough that now I sound this raspy. Yeah, I sound like
0: (laughs) a woman disguising her voice like a man.
1: Don't worry about that. It's because of this acid I drank. Take no attention. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just. Strength this acid, but somehow I'm, you know, I haven't bandaged myself up or anything, but mm. I'm, I'm just fine. <laughs> just, just got a little sore throat now. Uh, he's like, OK, so, yeah, I found out that you were having sex with my wife uh, and now I've got your wife. And if you don't want me to slit her throat, you're going to have to go over to my house uh, where my wife is there and I want you to get her wedding ring for me. I'm a sentimental type of guy, so you gotta get that for me and bring it back to me. And uh, I got this little hourglass here, and if you don't do it before she, before this hourglass ticks out, then I'm gonna, you know, kill your wife. I think it's only like 13 minutes, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Maybe guess this guy yeah, lives like four minutes away or something, I think they say at one point. Yeah. So it's a little just enough time to get over there, do it, and get back.
0: And while he's driving over, he starts remembering how he got into this mess, you know. Yeah. He's like, "I love my wife, but why did I uh, get with that uh, other lady?" And we see them at like a uh, out together, the four of them. And you see that his wife is this blonde, kind of lean, thin-looking lady, and then the other lady is this super busty brunette. <laughs> huh. I wonder where he saw that before. And, yeah. uh, but he's like, you know, real into her, and she she makes a. a I guess he was supposed to do a house call. This is back when doctors
1: made house calls, yeah. and. Uh, she, well, he doesn't want to. He's like, I don't, I don't do those. But she, clearly, she's trying to get him over there to seduce him. Yeah, and clearly he wanted to, <laughs> so he,
0: showed, he just
1: said no. But yeah, he shows up. Yeah, if it was like right old away, man Franklin, he's not going over
0: there. <laughs> and right away, she she just unzips her uh, dress there. She she seduces him hardcore, and uh, he, so he has the affair with him. So now he he shows up. Now we're back
1: in the present day, Jank. He shows up at the house. Take it away. All right. So he goes in there. Uh, Gloria's like passed out on the bed, like no waking her up, but he's like, Oh, I guess Kenton gave her something to knock her out. And this, this stupid ring is really on that finger good. Like, Oh, this is unnatural. How tight this, this wedding <laughs> ring is on this finger here. You know, it also is also unnatural. I never noticed when I was
0: having my affair with this woman. She has man hands. What is going <laughs> on with this lady's hands? These
1: hairy knuckles. Yeah.
0: Her forearms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't notice any of that. Nope, sure doesn't. Uh, So he's like, well, I guess uh, if I'm going to get this ring off, I'm going to have to cut the finger off, I guess. (laughs) The only way. And uh, then he, like, uses his cigarette lighter to, like, cauterize the wound, I believe. Yeah, so she won't bleed out. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And uh, then he's like, all right, time to drive back home. And he does that real quick. And he brings the wedding ring to Kenton with the finger attached, the uh, the very – you know, hairy man finger. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I did it. And Kenton's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Now I need you to go back again. Um, I need you to get these earrings that I gave her. You got to get those and you got to get there and, you know, back and you know, same, same deal before the timer runs out. And again, he's
0: remembering back to where he's uh, making sweet, sweet love to that other lady. And yeah. uh, like, she's naked, but she's uh, discreetly covered. So you don't see too much here. Then uh, the cops start following him.
1: Well, because he's speeding because he's trying to get back in time.
0: <laughs> and uh, he, he doesn't he say I'm a doctor or something. I got a patient I got to see. And and then the cops like, oh, well, I'll uh, lead you over there. I'll you know? squirt like, you. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he just flips out and cracks him in the face of this doctor bag, his <laughs> satchel, and knocks the cop silly. And so now yeah. there's a big car chase between the cops uh, following after him. And, uh, thankfully there's a, like a school bus that pulls out in front of the cop car. <laughs> so, <laughs> or maybe just a bus. And, uh, so the cop car crashes into the bus and he escapes and he makes it back to, uh, the house with his supposed lover and he has to get those earrings, jank. And yeah. I, I guess he's not aware that earrings have little clips and, or you can unscrew the <laughs> backs of them because he just rips them right <laughs>
1: Ever yeah, you. I think he says something like, Oh, these appear to have been welded together. I mean you can see. <laughs> oh that. really? Yeah. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. You apparently can't see the year that you know this is attached to, but whatever. Or the face. Yeah. Kind of ripping <laughs> the whole know- thing off. You <laughs> can notice that
0: when he can't is there anything else? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so yeah, he shows back up at his house and uh that guy's there still with the knife to his uh wife's throat. But now, this time, he found a gun at the other guy's house, right? So he shows yeah. up with the gun, and he's going to shoot him. And, and he's like, ah, oh, what does he say? There's no bullets in that gun, right? <laughs> does he say that or something? <laughs> they yeah, I think bullets. so. So uh,
1: he, said he has to go do something else now, too. Doesn't he give him some other mission? Yeah. Do? Now this Kenton guy wants, her to, wants him to go cut her tongue out so she can't ever talk about this affair again. <laughs> and that's oh, when he man. pulls the gun. He's like, oh, man, I'm not doing that. And then Ken, like, kind of gives it up. He's like, oh, a nice trial, Sport, but I never keep that gun loaded, nor any shells in the house. And besides, Jonathan, old friend, what makes you think this is your wife? And he takes the wig off of the uh, supposed wife that he's holding, and uh, it's actually Gloria. Yeah, it's and, the busty so- brunette who he's having the affair yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, no, is that Jean that I've been cutting up this whole time? Like, he switch him out? That's my wife? Wa- actually, my wife? So he runs back. And he's like, oh, no, Gene, Gene. And uh, the cops are there. They're waiting for him. And it uh, turns out that's not Gene there in the bed that he's been cutting up. It's uh, it's Kenton. <laughs> yeah, it's the guy. Supposedly the, the guy with the knife
0: that Keaton fell yep. with the cap. It's actually him who he, he just had a wig on to make him look like a lady. <laughs> what? Yep. This guy is really yeah. observant. <laughs> so all the cops are there. And uh then don't they arrest him because they see a scalpel or whatever? So they're like, what are you doing with that scalpel? Then uh, we cut back to the, the guy's house, and we see Gloria, the busty brunette. She's now talking to the guy in the cap. That's not a guy in a cap. Who is it,
1: Jack? <laughs> Why, that's Jean, the guy's wife. Yeah, it turns out that uh, her and Gloria, the two wives here, they've gotten together. <laughs> this was all planned to get rid of their husbands. <laughs> This is so ridiculous. <laughs> that was quite the twist. It was M. Night Shyamalan-esque. <laughs> How in the hell could he not notice? Uh, well, again, that's also M. Night Shyamalan-esque, where none of these people <laughs> act like normal human beings.
0: But again, she is very well endowed up top, and his wife was not. <laughs> it's like, you should notice that, that I think. That
1: definitely was not. So. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> the other was just a fella. And he's holding his hand cut the finger off, and you don't notice it's a man's hand? Uh, I don't know. I guess the idea is clever, but there's no way this execution could ever work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the idea is good. It's just they needed to frame it, I think, a little bit better. But at least he wasn't, like, narrating everything, like, in the first story. So I gave it credit for that. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the writing was better
0: in terms of, like, the actual, you know, interactions between characters and stuff. But like the actual idea of
1: the execution is impossible. That, that writing's terrible. That writing's terrible. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, the story in the first one was simple but effective. It was just the the dialogue that was bad. This one, like the 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 story, was kind of the failing part of it, whereas the yeah, dialogue quite as, it is it as
0: super complicated and no basis in reality. This had this had less realism in it than the alien and down in the well impregnating the lady. That was more <laughs> realistic than this one. Yeah. All right, so we get one more story here. It's called the Secret Place. We see a kid at camp, and again, the story and art for this one is done by Bruce Jones, and the art yeah. here is very, uh, yep. you know, it's solid. It's a, a, a unique style. It's more realistic kind of comic booky art, but I mean, it's pretty impressive for Bruce Jones, a writer doing this, right? I mean, hey,
1: look at yeah. That. I mean, I had no idea that he was, uh, you know, artistic. So yeah, that's pretty mm. cool. It didn't so it just, stick out as being, you know, awful or anything like that. So yeah, pretty good. This is this
0: kid, he's like a lonely kid, he doesn't have a lot of friends or whatever. He gets he gets sent to camp and he is a foxy mom. He's
1: mute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't talk yeah. To this kid for some reason.
0: And uh he probably read those other stories and it shocked him to death.
1: <laughs> he shocked over.
0: Made him lose yeah. his voice.
1: I don't know about you, but this definitely reminded me a lot of uh, Sleepaway Camp. Where <laughs> wasn't quite mute, but she she didn't talk a whole lot. <laughs> she kind of kept getting made fun of at camp, and a lot of sweep away camp vibes going on here. Yeah, so basically you just see this kid getting bullied
0: at camp, you know, and uh, he's pretty low. He just likes to go off in the woods and read and stuff, but uh, this one bully guy throws him into a, a little lake. Or a pond or whatever. He's
1: not wearing cutoff shorts or something. <laughs> much <laughs> again, like, like this what? is a whole ritual. Like if only like the coolest kid cannot wear cutoff shorts. He again, can wear whatever he wants. Very much like
0: Sleepaway <laughs> camp, where yep. it's all cutoff shorts. <laughs> and uh there's a softball
1: so, game that he's like, I don't want to be any part of that, but everyone else loves. Yep, very sleepaway camp. So this kid, what he does is he goes, you know what? I'm
0: gonna go get a rifle off of that one a lot. He just doesn't get the rifle. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna shoot learn them, sons of bitches. <laughs> but when he's going down to the to the pond there, he trips and falls or whatever. And he's like, Ah, hey, I've never seen this part of the lake before and there's a little deer running around. And he's like, Oh, this is such a peaceful place. This is my secret place. Uh but then out of the lake there, Jack, what what happens here? <laughs>
1: Um, some kind of a muckman looking creature comes out. Uh, I guess we we quickly find out later as an alien, but uh, it starts approaching him and he just runs away. But he kind of hears the thing saying friend, uh, as he's leaving. Yeah. So he's kind of curious. Friend. Now, like, friend? Oh, is this thing friendly? Like, did I go back?
0: Yeah, he keeps thinking about it. So then he, he does go back and he's like, oh, he's talking to the little guy, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm your friend, you know? And they're, yeah. they're chatting and it off. Like I'm trying now. to
1: fix my my spaceship under the water here, but I need meat. <laughs> I need meat. It seems pretty random, but yeah, got to have some meat.
0: <laughs> I need meat. So the guy's still thinking about it. There's also like a camp counselor or something. And this guy's a real piece of work, but uh, he's got he's got about, some problems. Yeah. He's <laughs> the last
1: person that should be watching children apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but uh so the days go on there and i uh, hear old uh i don't even know what, what's this kid's name jimmy I want to call him jimmy I don't know. sure we'll go with jimmy <laughs> so old jimmy he goes down to the lake there and uh his secret place but uh, oh that one of those kids i was bullying him is not dead yeah i find him dead and he's like oh no uh and, and did i do that with my mind am i did i imagine all this stuff of my friend in the in the uh swamp lake there or whatever So did I just concoct that story just so I had an excuse to murder that bully (laughs) and, like, hide behind the (laughs) the, uh, alien monster that I created in my mind? So Jimmy's going nuts. Jimmy's getting a little loose. So Jimmy goes back down to the uh, lake with a rifle. Yeah, the little swamp guy comes out of the lake again. It's his friend, you know. I'm your friend, Jimmy. Uh, So what does Jimmy do? He shakes his hand and thank him? No, what does he do, Jack? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he
1: blasts away with the uh, the rifle there. (laughs) just shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, the you know, it just not only doesn't kill him, but it doesn't even make him mad. He's just like, yeah, so wants to be his friend. <laughs> because yeah. uh, it turns out that it's actually, <laughs> it was not the swamp creature that killed this boy, apparently. The camp counselor guy was the one who killed this boy, because he hates all children. <laughs> like, his wife, I guess, died during childbirth, and he blames, you know, the baby that also I apparently didn't make it either Um, and so he's like yep all children are just useless the world would be better or the world would be happy without children all children (laughs) I didn't want to kill the others but I had to for the sake of the world and he starts choking (laughs) little Jimmy there he's going to kill him too (laughs) yeah and I like
0: the coloring on these panels because it starts out yellow and bright and then it gets orange and red as we go and uh, as he starts choking them things get more, more orange and more red and it's like, oh, no, look out. And, uh, but just as Jimmy's about to, uh, get choked out, his, his buddy comes out of the swamp and kills the, uh, counselor guy. Grabs him, yeah, pulls him into the swamp. And I guess that was enough to feet. fix a ship. <laughs> so, yeah. <and> then, he, <laughs> then his ship comes out of the, uh, lake there. It's a little, uh, gold orb and it flies off. And that's pretty much it. And then Jimmy looks up at the sky and he says, goodbye, friend. Oh, <laughs> well, you shot him. You tried to kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And somehow, yeah, he still wanted to save your life. It's it's bizarre.
0: <laughs> that was a weird story. ending. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's looking up, crying goodbye, friend. You you tried to murder him, like last page. Don't you remember <laughs> that?
1: I don't know. It's like they saw they like we got to end it like E. T. Even though there's yeah. nothing else to Oh yeah, this E.T. is
0: 1982. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah,
1: is this is this definitely
0: probably yeah <laughs> E. T. Inspired <laughs> maybe <laughs> Bruce Jones. Yeah, I don't know. This story was
1: bad. I didn't like it. Yeah. It, it uh I didn't really have a lot going for it all in that much. Yeah, no. no, uh the twist of the camp counselor just hating all children was really strange. Like I hey what if uh I also
0: didn't like that uh, Jimmy had such easy access to firearms? That was a lot Yeah. Yeah. But uh what about this, Jack? What if all these stories are somehow connected? Like what if that camp counselor was the baby that the alien or the monster put in the first lady, oh. you know? And like, he was that baby who was born and popped out of her belly. And then he was so sad that now he hates all kids. So he grew up to be a human and then he murders all kids. I don't know. We're to put these all together, And then at some point he had a wife who, uh, yeah. Know, that second story doesn't fit with anything.
1: So no, not at all. <laughs> no aliens, just stupidity. <laughs>
0: So there you go. That's Twisted Tales. Those are uh, that's kind of the entertainment you can get when you pick up a copy of Twisted Tales. <laughs> I I guess it was Shocktober worthy. Yep, for uh, sure. They're they're horrific. All right, so uh how do you want to grade this? I think uh I like that first story. Like again, her speaking out loud the whole time was ridiculous and yeah. terrible. <laughs> but the but the John Bolton art was nice and uh, overall the the concept of the story was interesting, you know, her waking her realizing, oh I got a monster in my belly. So uh, I like that story. Classic story,
1: story without yeah. much twist, but, you know, it it was effective. I think that's a solid
0: eight, maybe, uh, just that story because of the art. Yeah. And then uh, the second one, it was interesting, but it's just, uh, <laughs> man, is that a mess. I mean, it's memorable, term. yeah. And in terms of well, logic, just it that, uh, so. yeah, just it makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. And the art is very, it is
1: almost like a, yeah, it's almost like a Mad Magazine style art. That's exactly what I was going
0: to say. It's very (laughs) Mad Magazine style art. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, what would you do, give that one? Like a four? I don't know.
1: No, I might go a six just because it was so weird that I kind of enjoyed it. Um, like I was kind of, where is this going the whole time? So then the third one.
0: I respect Bruce Jones for the art there, you know it's impressive, and I like the coloring on it so but the story itself was not good, and I don't know not a lot going on there, and the ending was really made no, no. sense I don't know so I guess a three or four on that one, maybe
1: um, yeah, I probably wouldn't go higher than a three on that one, so let's see I watch Sleepaway camp instead, <laughs>
0: so if you average all that out for me, I think we get a five,
1: so that seems fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so twist the tail. I before. guess for a Shocktober book, I'll give it a six. Ah, oh, there you go, mistakes. I'll still give it a five. <laughs> Deliver it delivered on <laughs> what, it, what it promised. But <laughs> well, I liked
0: seeing John Bolton. Uh, I haven't seen his art in a long time, so that was cool. It brought back those memories of uh, classic X Men. Remember, you remember that that book, right? X Men Classic. Absolutely. Because it, sta- it started out it. as X Men. Oh, what did it? Did it start out classic, classic X Men Yeah. Then they switched it around, right, to make it X Men Classic. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah so, I think X-Men Classic was later on. Yeah, it's so strange.
0: But basically, they reprinted – they started out with issue one. They reprinted, like, the first uh, – like, the Krakoa stuff with, like uh, – is that what that island was? Krakoa? Krakoa. What is it? Uh, the, Krakoa. It Krakoa. And uh, where the new team came together. So it just reprinted all the early issues of the new team. It started – what was that issue? Like, ninety three, ninety four. 94? It started out there, and then yeah. – in the back, there'd be a new material, like a new little story, i don't know six to eight pages enjoy yeah, page story, yeah, yeah, and John Bolton always did that art, and they were always like they weren't like adventure really, they were like kind of a quiet character driven stories of the the ex
1: team members, how they yeah. interacted and. stuff. So I always like that, like in between the scenes types of things. Like, oh, yes. like, you didn't—you weren't privy to this before, but it, you know, some of them were pretty cool. I definitely remember some good Phoenix ones that kind of filled in some gaps there. Made some yeah, I, stuff think- I think that happened later on, make more sense.
0: <laughs> no, I
1: remember a couple good ones like uh,
0: Nightcrawler and Wolverine going out in the town having a drink or something. And, and uh, but I think the first one it had like uh, Jean Grey, Wolverine, and the triangle there or Cyclops. Like there's more details fleshed in there about how Jane Grey is attracted to Logan and whatever. So, Uh, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. John Bolton. Go check out his work. But, uh, yeah, Twisted Tales is four. I get uh, five from me, a six from Jank. And that's how Shocktober starts. All right, Jank. So next week it's my pick. And uh, I was thinking, remember I mentioned some DC book called Night Force I was going to do? But then I looked into it. It looks kind of boring. So I don't think we're going to do that one. <laughs> so the, the, there was a book I wanted to do last October, and we ran out of weeks, sadly. And I never got to it. So you know what? Let's do it this this year. And we're going to go Tales of the Zombie, Issue 5, from, I think this is uh, 1974, if I'm remembering properly. Let me check my notes here. Yes, Night Tales of the Zombie, Issue 5, from 1974. This was Curtis Magazine like the black and white uh, magazine. What did we do with Curtis before on here? I think we did, right? Or, um, I don't don't think I did. Maybe you did with, uh, yeah, Yeah, Marvel do these, uh, magazine format, black and white anthology things. And, uh, Hmm. this one, this one's all like zombie related stuff. So, cause this character, I think his name is Simon Garth. And, but I remember growing up, you would see him places like yeah. Oh, so you you know about this guy?
1: Yeah, not a whole lot,
0: but I definitely remember hearing about him. Yeah. So uh, we'll check this out. Now, just read the uh, zombie story at the front because uh, oh, okay. it's like 90. I think it's 70, 80, 90 pages or something. But the first story is like 20, like a normal comic book. And then you get some interviews and stuff, uh, some like uh, articles about zombie stuff. And then there's a couple other little backup stories. But you don't really have to read those if you don't want to.
1: Sweet. So. Uh, just,
0: the just yeah just focus on the zombie and uh we'll get into that so there you go that's next week tales of the zombie issue five and again uh please like and subscribe us because we lost somebody in the flea army we lost somebody
1: yep. we need some <laughs> fresh recruits New yeah blood
0: no one said it was going to be easy you know so <laughs> all right uh but until next week uh, hey have a happy October, and uh mm-hmm. don't get any jank on you